0: Welcome back to Multiculturalism Happens Here. I am your host, Isaac Ruelas, and I work with Visions Inc., a nonprofit established in 1984. We are a catalyst for a more equitable world where differences are valued, recognized and utilized for the benefit of all. Our goal is to be a resource to the people that are working hard every day to bring diversity, equity and inclusion into their workplaces churches, governments, foundations, and schools, believing that the multiculturalism process of change can be a part of your journey and the success of a more equitable and inclusive today. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I want to start off by saying Black Lives Matter. We demand justice for all the victims of police brutality and specifically stand in solidarity with our black African-Americans, cis, non-binary, and trans sisters and brothers. We demand an end to white supremacy in the United States and will continue to do our part at all four levels to support the movement. We encourage you to be active and to take care of yourselves as we continue to fight for black lives. All lives can't matter until black lives matter. If you are an organization that is asking yourself the tough questions around anti racism work, contact us for a free phone call to see if we can help you. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to Inclusion in Action. This is an e learning platform that is a Perfect tool for enhancing the reach of anti-racism work in your organization. In this episode, we talk with Jane Arsenault, a principal consultant at Files Partners LLC. We hear about her experience with Inclusion in Action, how it supported her organization take on the challenges that come on with growing a diverse organization. But first, let's hear some words from Valerie Batts, Vision's founder, on what how and why Inclusion in Action came to be.
1: This video series brings to life one of Vision's key tools. In our work with organizations, we start by inviting people to learn a set of two, of guidelines that will assist you in talking about issues of difference. Often this can be complicated and, and, and can feel uncomfortable for folks, and this, this Inclusion in Action series is an example of how we provide a space for people to talk about difference. So the, 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 the guidelines are a tool that we've been using since the beginning of our, of our work in this, in this area. And within the last three years, we partnered with uh, Liberty Mutual Insurance Company to develop these guidelines into an e-learning tool that could be distributed to many people across an organization. And this tool has has been used by these organizations to prepare the culture for having conversations about difficult topics. So this uh, particular series offers nine steps that people can take. Uh, And this tool has been used in both for-profit and not-for-profit organizations since the 80s and we are very excited about being able to offer it as a beginning tool for the work that we do. We've been using this tool for many years, so we use it in in in-person sessions to help people feel comfortable talking and interacting with each other, and as we turned it into an e-learning format, it became an opportunity for an individual to practice using the tools with him or herself, so you could learn what the tools are and then try it on, say, in a work team or if you are an organizational leader, you can bring it into your organization and ask people to practice the tools first individually and then with each other. So it it becomes a support to our in-person and ongoing work. So we in some organizations have rolled this out to all of their employees before the employees have other kinds of training or learning experiences so that when they come to those experiences, they already come with some level of skill in how to engage in the conversations. In this moment with the coronavirus happening, many organizations are having to uh, work uh, remotely and and yet they want to keep their progress going in this area of inclusion. So this becomes an ex- a, a really simple way to have your employees continue to keep engaging in these issues. The other thing is that many organizations who have worked with us in the past want ways to keep the work fresh, to bring in new employees, and they don't necessarily have the resources, and right now we don't have the, we are not we are physically, socially, socially distancing, so it's not appropriate. So we can't do in-person training. So this is a way to keep the work going, have people who are new to the organization get some of the tools, as well as give people in, in this, um, coronavirus uh, atmosphere a way to keep thinking about how do I interact so that on video conferencing we can also use this the tools to help people have authentic conversation and particularly now that so many of us are working remotely so I think it's a it's a really good time now to both begin work if you're wanting to work in the virtual space and or to deepen or continue your work even if we can't be physically in connection with each other.
0: Welcome, Jane. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Would you mind introducing yourself?
2: Sure. I'm Jane Arsenault, and I am a principal consultant with Theo Partners, LLC. This is a consulting firm that was founded about 12 years ago here in New England, and uh, we work entirely with nonprofit organizations and government foundations and United Ways, We, so we don't work with for-profit businesses, just with, with kind of public service entities, um, all different kinds. We work with everything from orchestras to organizations that serve the developmentally disabled and the mentally ill. We work with healthcare organizations, you know, planning groups, you name it. We, we have them in our sort of client basket. We've worked with uh, several hundred nonprofits since we were founded and our, uh, sort of geographical span is mostly southern New England but uh, we've also done work in New York New Orleans Ohio Canada you know so it's not we're not quite national we don't get to the West coast very often uh, but uh, but we but we do we're working in with usually in three or four states at any particular time we have about seven consultants that work with us you know again we're we work in teams and and support organizations largely with making complicated and difficult decisions. So that might be mm-hmm. developing a strategic plan, or it might be, should we merge with another entity? And if we decide to merge, what does that look like? And how do we do that? And we also facilitate um, a fair number of collaborative models in community, and uh, that just some very impactful and interesting work that has evolved as part of our practice in the last three or four years. So we do uh, a lot of community impact work that brings funders into collaboration with one another and with service systems. So that's kind of who we are.
0: Yeah, that's, wow, that sounds like a lot of powerful work that y'all are doing, I want to say. And then I know that we as Envisions have a relationship with y'all and as you were naming some of the things that y'all do, like hard decisions, collaborative models, community impact, I was thinking about the work that Visions does and how important it is for us to also seek support in these different arenas and that it's mm-hmm. awesome to have y'all as a support. Could you talk a little bit about how, is there a backstory to the connection with y'all? Well, there's, or... not
2: much of a, there's not much of a backstory other than, you know, you go back seven or, or eight years around, I guess it was about 2000, maybe maybe longer than that, because I guess it was 2009, 2010, around then. And Visions had just come through a really, really difficult financial shakeup um, as a result of the recession. And that was just uh, basically your market in the for, with for-profit organizations pretty well collapsed. And so you had, you know, major income income dislocation, and it was so significant that they actually the board and and executive director actually considered whether or not they should merge with another organization because uh, they felt that that vulnerable and that fragile. And at that point, I was doing a, a a lot of merger work, and Val and I ended up having a colleague in common, someone who. You know, I had known for a few years and Val had actually known longer. And Val had turned to her to ask if she knew of consultants who did merger work. And so she connected the two of us and, you know, Val and I met and, you know, I think sort of that was sort of the beginning of the relationship. I think we each sort of looked at each other and realized that we were very much in the same stage of life in terms of our careers and that uh, we were both about to go through in the next seven or eight years, major transitions to kind of, you know, cap what had been very long careers for both of us. So, you know, I started to work with them to try to find a merger partner, but there was so much financial dislocation that we weren't able to do that, and then I began to work with Val and the board about, you know, strengthening the organization they had rather than attempting to merge it all the way through, you know, just a couple of years ago now where they decided that the board really decided that they were not done. You know, I mean, we actively talked about whether we should close Visions and they decided Mm -hmm. that in fact they would not close Visions and that there was still a great deal of work to be done. And then we began to sort of catalog what was necessary to do in order to make that transition. And so recruiting younger consultants, because their consulting stable was at that point, you know, mostly in their 60s and 70s, even most of them. So they realized their consulting, they themselves and their consultants were going to age out. They needed to transition the board. Val, you know, needed to step back and, you know, spend time working with uh younger consultants and spend her time kind of you know really focused on the work and that you know they needed both younger and different a kind of different leadership um as they moved forward and can, you know so we supported the search for your new executive director and are helping with that transition And now that she's in place, developing the strategic plan that she'll be helping the organization implement over the next several years. So, it's been a very multifaceted engagement over a very long period of time. You know, it's interesting to me that in the last several months, we've we've sort of reversed the tables a bit in that we went to Visions looking for some help with some internal you know, we were having some kind of internal discussions about respect for differences and kind of very diverse perspectives and points of view. And, you know, for the, our firm was growing pretty at a pretty good clip and we were adding people sort of left and right. And all of a sudden what had been a very cohesive, lovely group of people who all got along were not, <laughs> were none of those things. Um, and so, With our growth curve, because I also was stepping back, and instead of being the managing director of the the company, I was shifting that to to someone else. And in that transition, we sort of ended up, you know, in a in a in what had become what was becoming a really uncomfortable place. And so, you know, I turned to Visions for some help for our team, and that's what brought us into contact with. The videos, and we also had a couple of, of Visions facilitators come down and work with us for a morning, which was very helpful.
0: Cool. And wow, actually, I want to step back for a quick second. So what I'm hearing is basically a decade of relationship with y'all?
2: Yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: That is incredible. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And it's so cool as an emerging consultant to hear this story and sort of the background even of how I ended up here right and, oh. and how y'all were a part of helping visions take on younger consultants like yeah. you're saying and so and even the transition with the board I know that I've gotten to do some work with the board and just the different points it's like oh wow that's just seeing how all the things are being played out right now. And even the way I was able to show up here, just thanks to, to the relationship between you and, and Visions. So, <laughs>
2: Yeah, seeing that everything's connected, Isaac. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: It's so cool, I'm loving it. So we talked a little bit about, you know, you all turning to Visions for some support in terms of internally and some videos one of the things that we are doing is trying to, you know, roll out and have people know about these e-learning platforms that we have in collaboration with Liberty Mutual and with Sunflower Productions. (laughs) Shout them out. What was your experience? Can you talk about working with the e-learning platform? And I'd also love to hear about the benefits that you've seen from in general, the e-learning and the training that you all Mm
2: -hmm.
0: with the consultants.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, in terms of of the videos themselves, I mean, I think they present a very solid model for communicating in workplaces. And that communication is based on listening and it's based on respect and it's based on, you know, what I would call kind of a a humble inquiry model where instead of making judgments, we ask questions. And, you know, we we explore the other person's thinking before we, you know, kind of wrap it up and judge it and respond to it emotionally. So there's, a, I think, a kindness that's built into those interactions, a calmness in dealing with, you know, what, what could be day-by-day day organizational upsets or potential miscommunications. And, and I think they teach a kind of, Patience about community about communicating that I really like because it kind of makes you take a breath and not just react and respond in the moment, but kind of center yourself, calm down, and really think about what it is that's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, and I, it's just really helpful. <laughs> so much of what we were experienced really came from people just. Being inadvertently thoughtless, not purposely mean and nasty, but inadvertently thoughtless, you know, just blurting things out rather than taking that breath and sitting back and saying, what, what is it I'm really trying to communicate here? And, you know, how do we, uh, how do I make sure that I'm heard? And when I'm not just setting off a chain reaction of emotional response that, that's destructive rather than helpful. So, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's kind of what I like most about the videos is that kind of woven through them. They are really, I think, based on very important, uh, elements of interpersonal communication, successful inter- interpersonal mm-hmm. communication that allows people to recognize that there are differences and then kind of work that through so that. The difference doesn't separate people, but in fact, can bring them together. And so I I find kind of the model that they're based on really comfortable from my perspective, but also just really admirable and something that's very much needed in our society, in our country right now, particularly. And we're going to need it more as we come out of this pandemic thing. You know, there's going to be an enormous amount of room for misunderstanding and miscommunication is workplaces come back together. So I I really appreciate kind of the skill building that they enable. You know, I think as well, the videos, they're very good modeling. We've had experiences, and this isn't our experience with our own employees. This is our experience with our clients. You know, we've had clients who, where we work with them to kind of reset behavioral norms when things have kind of gotten out of whack. I mean, so we do a fair amount of, we do a fair amount of conflict management kinds of consulting. Um, And we often find that people can agree very easily that the best way to deal with a miscommunication or to deal with someone behaving in a way that you don't like is to go to that person directly and calmly and simply talk through the situation. You pick any group of 50 people and you ask them that question, they're going to tell you, yes, that's absolutely the right thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) then comes the, but. (laughs) then you realize that that's not really what's happening in this group of people at all. What they do is they tell the person that's sitting next to them or they, you know, Mm -hmm. tell their boss or they go, you know, tell the executive director or they tell anybody, but the person who actually has offended them, yeah. <laughs> anyone and everyone not. Yeah. that. And so, uh, you know, the skills that the videos I think convey are really important and for whatever reason in America today, we don't have a lot of adults who have those skills.
0: Uh, it is really interesting you know, everywhere I've seen the guidelines. The videos are <laughs> basically the, the guidelines yeah. um, or focus on them and uh, the, the sort of transition into incorporating them. And then this sort of wow moment around, I can't believe we were just communicating without any kind of frame or structure, especially around respecting um, yeah. or how do we, like you said, I really enjoyed the language of in, basically incorporating kindness, calmness and patience into our communication.
2: Yeah. And in addition to that, it's a there is a big thing in our culture about giving people what you perceive as negative feedback constructively and calmly and patiently and quietly, trying to help the other person get in touch with behaviors that are causing problems. And you know, that notion of feedback, just simple feedback. You know, when you did this, this is how I perceived it, or this is how I felt gone. It's just not there. (laughs) And so what what we've discovered is that when we're trying to kind of make a correction in a group or a team that's not behaving well to each other, that we often run into what is a flat out skill deficiency. People just do not know how to have these conversations. As one, as one woman who was in her 50s, I mean, this is not a young person, you know, basically said, my mother taught me that if I couldn't say anything nice, I should shut up. And I'm like, yeah, but what, you're not, how does that solve a problem? Yeah. You're the head of a marketing department and you have 25 employees. That is not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> to, you know, for you to see people doing things that you know are really problematic, and you do nothing because that you're paying attention to something your mom taught you. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: yes, the, the really, I, honestly, uh, yes, right. so, honestly.
2: So, <laughs> right? Wow. I mean, so I, I, so I think these videos are important because there are just a lot of people out there who just don't have these skills. Yeah and and uh you know I, i'm delighted that visions has created these tools and and is dis- and is beginning to really disseminate them because is a huge need and you know oftentimes people don't like learning in groups when they have to make themselves personally vulnerable mm. so i think that's another real value for the videos is that these are something that you know, you can make them available to employees and they can look at them 10 times on their own if they want to, mm. and, you know, kind of look at the modeling and kind of learn the tone of voice. I mean, there's a lot to learn from those videos, but I like, I really like the idea that, I- and I think it's impactful that they could be used again and again to kind of remind people of how to do this. Yeah. I think that's a really, really important thing to know about the videos that you're not going to get from having someone come in and do a two-hour workshop and then they're gone right
1: yeah
2: you know the kind of step by step you know kind of patient approach to presenting different scenarios is I just think is going to is will be really helpful and certainly we will be recommending them to our clients who when we run into these I don't know how to give people feedback kind of problems.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, all I know how to do is yell at them. You
0: know? Yeah. So. And I'm wondering in terms of the things that you learned in the videos and what kind of extra support did y'all receive from consultants?
2: Well, they just came in and they kind of did a a, a two-hour hour. hour workshop with us on kind of the, I would, I would call it kind of the array of kinds of differences that show up in workplaces. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, it was, it, yeah, it was kind of like a, an overview of workplace differences and how they play out or may play out if you just sort of let it all happen mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than, than trying to shape what's happening. Uh, yeah, and that was just, I think that was just really, really helpful. You know, and I think everybody there sort of got a chance to kind of reflect on how their lives, their upbringing, their childhoods, their parents, their teachers had influenced their view of differences, which I thought was really interesting.
0: I'm wondering, as as we're rolling this tool out, what are the ways in which at least you have experienced the collaboration of using the e-learning platform, the inclusion in action and the consultants, right? Right. That that is, that is what we did.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, I think having the consultants come and sort of provide sort of a general uh, kind of overview of the issues involved in diverse workplaces was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And then the, the videos were more, kind of uh and this is how you manage that you know this is how you, this is how you create healthy relationships in a diverse workplace and that was really helpful
0: mhm awesome and i'm wondering for that session that you did did you all use a chart in terms of like variables and talking about differences in that way
2: no uh uh-uh. uh no i don't recall that we did that oh, okay cool you know in terms of of uh, our continuing relationship with visions around these kinds of issues. Because we do so much strategy work with organizations, the whole issue of diversity, building a diverse workplace, managing a diverse workplace, because we work with nonprofits and government and foundations, these are organizations that have a pretty high ethical quotient in terms of their belief that they should be doing something about diversity in, in their own organizations, among their clients, and in how they relate to different communities. So increasingly, it's coming up really often in in the strategic planning that we do that organizations want to develop some understanding of where they are relative to developing a diverse workplace. What are they doing well? What are they doing badly? What are they not doing at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, that's, that's the longer list usually, what they're not doing at all, but, yeah. you know, and then once they're aware kind of of where they are, then it's really about, you know, how do we help them identify resources to make, to, to help them improve in their own minds and in their own view, how to improve their efforts around diversity. You know, I think that's where this all, both, both Visions Consulting as well as, as the videos comes in, because we're very excited to be able to put this in our list. You know, this is not work that our firm does, nor do we believe it should be. But what we're trying to do is to make sure that, you know, that we help organizations ask the right questions of themselves mm-hmm. and make judgments about where they are and where they want to go relative to this issue. And then I think the next best thing we can do is to help them identify high quality resources that that they can then use to propel their and support their journey from wherever they're starting and, and wherever they want to get to. So I think that's that's kind of how we see ourselves continuing to relate to this product and service line that Visions has developed.
0: Well, thank you, Jane. I appreciate your your time and your expertise i definitely personally appreciate the work that y'all have been doing for a decade with visions that has allowed me to be here having this conversation with you now
2: oh well, that's i i'm really happy that's lovely i'm really excited that you see that connection <laughs> that's great
0: is there anything you wanna that we should add to this conversation no
2: nope. You know, and it's not just me, you know, I, it, it's it's really our whole team is very appreciative. Well, I'm glad you're there at Visions, and I hope you enjoy that work. And this organization is going to end up in your generation's hands. And that's not very far away. So yeah, I, I'm excited that, that you're going to be part of Visions' future. I think that's great. Thank you.
0: I received that. <laughs> Well, Jane, thank you. Have a great rest of your day again. I appreciate your time and you spending it here with us on the podcast.
2: No problem at all. Take care now.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Multiculturalism Happens Here. If you found this helpful or resourceful, give us a like, subscribe, a comment, or share. Consider giving to Visions. Visit our website for more information at www.visions-inc.org. If you're interested in joining any of our workshops, trainings, or youth summits, you can find more information and registration on Eventbrite. And if you're interested in having us come to you, contact us for more information. I am Isaac Relas, wishing you a brand new day and a better way. Peace.